Hey guys, um, welcome to this episode of Talking Out About. Today I am joined by Jordan and Angela, son and mother team. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Hello, <Mr. laughs> That's fine, Stop. don't worry about it. Hello, <laughs> we'll just swiftly move on it's fun um so welcome to the podcast thanks so much for coming on and um talking to me both of you and kind of giving a different side to the world with fnd um so jordan can we start with you would you mind just starting us off with kind of fnd and you and kind of how it all links together yeah sure so pretty much um i've had a long complex medical history anyway Zena um ever since I was born but I've had a lot of problems with um over my life with dyspraxia Mm -hmm. uh, with other bits and pieces I've had uh, most notably testicular cancer in the past as well which has been very difficult to deal with oh gosh um and I was only 21 uh when that was diagnosed Mm. so it came as a bit of a shock I've had other bits and pieces with health problems um but it came about um that I was starting to get some symptoms um like last year I was having pain down below again in the left side Mm -hmm. which turned out there was nothing there thankfully um Mm -hmm. but I was then after surgery I had problems with my waterworks um and pretty much I couldn't we after that operation for goodness knows how long a couple of months I'd say so it was very difficult, Zena. Um, I can I can only imagine how difficult that must have been, and and what a shock those sort of those um, those things happening back to back must have been for you guys. Yes, absolutely. It was it was very hard to know what had gone on because when we were speaking to the consultants of the hospital, we thought at the time being open about this, you know, um, we thought it was some complication to do with the operation mm. that, I, that I had with um, or the um exploratory that I was doing Hmm. but when we spoke to the urologist about it he said oh um really not too sure about it but you'll probably need to speak to a neurologist or something along the lines of but they wasn't working in conjunction with one another yeah so it was very stressful at that time um to get to the bottom of what was causing that but of course with the catheter there was no privacy or anything like that no um and yeah I was just in the end, discharged from the hospital with no plan of action on that front. Mm. Um, and I finally had the catheter removed like two months later in August and my wings started to improve again. Um, but then it come with what we're talking about with the FND where symptoms started, where I was at home, my vision started to go more blurry than usual. Mm. Um and then my left side of my body gone really weak. So my left arm gave way, my left legs gave way. And oh I was really distressed with it, you know. Hmm. So I was taken to hospital um, with paramedics because I was think- wanting to make sure it wasn't a stroke. Yeah. Um, and I was at the hospital. I was put into... Uh, I think it was resus, wasn't it, Mum? Yeah, for it was, a bit. It was resus. I was in resus for quite a while. Mm. Um, but you wasn't really aware of what was going on around you, was you at all? No. Well, I can't really remember much on that time, which mm. you might remember more. Um, but all I do remember is that I was put into a stroke ward um, 
when I came to a bit more a few days later. Yeah. And my weakness in my left leg still was not right because the physio team came around and they said, we must get, you know, the physio going um, mm-hmm. to build up strength again, whether it's a stroke or not. Yeah. Um, but I, all I remember when I came to a bit more is my head was still fuzzed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like I was trying to do some walking and my left leg was just dragging across the floor. Yeah. And the physios to me at then said, well, why are you doing that? I don't understand why you're doing that. I said, well, I can't help it. I'm not putting it on like, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, and they was like, well, you, you know, just walk normally. I said, I can't walk normally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is this is me trying. I had the same thing. They're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, seriously, I'm not. I'm not trying to do this. This is just happening. Like, I'm not in control of this one. Yeah, exactly. It was. It, it you know, you're responsible for your own actions, aren't you, mm. as a human? And with that sort of thing, it was just. It really unsettled me. I'm not gonna lie, and it really brought me down to a low ebb with um, feeling vulnerable, uh, depressed as well um but no one really understood what the situation was so i remember i think it was a few days later even though i was still having problems with my vision and i was still feeling weak that the hospital wanted to wanted to discharge me Mm. because of that they felt there was some gradual improvements with my symptoms yeah but again i was still none for wiser what was causing my symptoms yeah so I did get discharged and we was expecting to see a neurologist at the hospital as an outpatient, chasing them up after a month or so. Would you believe nothing was on the system? So we was going through all for rigmarole of that. Oh, gosh. Um, and in the end, because we found out what consultant I meant to set, I was meant to see on the NHS, mm. um, we had to see him privately in the end because there was nothing coming forthcoming on the NHS. We tracked yeah. him down, didn't we? Yeah, we had in to line. track him down online. <laughs> Good old Google. <laughs> <laughs> Love it when that happens. You're like, you know what? I know your name. I will find you. <laughs> it, exactly. So it would be wondering how it was. Um, but yeah, so we had to see him private. And it honestly, Wernie Mummy was the most lovely fella that you could. Yeah, speak yeah. I, to, mean, you know. I mean, to be honest, at the time that Jordan went to see um, this, this consultant um privately it was like it was the first time that we felt that somebody was really listening yeah um and he said he did a couple of little tests didn't Mm. he jordan and he said i think i know what this is um he said uh i used to work up in london with a specific team Mm. And he said, everything I'm looking at with you is pointing to um, something called FND, Functional Neurological mm. Disorder. And um, and we, we was asking him lots of different things about all different things that has gone on with Jordan. Yeah. Um, and, well, could that be linked with it? Yes. Mm. Is that linked with it? Yes. Is that linked with it? Yes. Mm. And you think, oh, my God, you know, finally, um, there's not because you're happy to be be diagnosed with or or 
you know, with something like that. But but we knew that things hadn't been right for an awful long time. And in actual fact... I'm just going to say, no consultant said to us, like, we might never get to the bottom of what is causing these symptoms, you know? You know, um, and every... And because you see, because Jordan's had so many different things going wrong mm. within his body... Um, and we'll go over some of that in a minute, maybe. But um, we we really didn't know if anything was connected with anything yeah. was connected with the cancer. Yeah. Um, with you know, and what Jordan was getting a lot of was you don't have cancer anymore, so mm -hmm. get over it. Yeah. And this is all in your head. Oh, that sentence. Um, yeah. And, and, and honestly, is. we heard yeah. it so many times. Even my GP was going on about that. It's all in your head. You know, you know you're getting too anxious. You're over-worrying. And pretty much it was, made me feel like I was being a hypochondriac, Zena. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, I get I, I had the same. It, it's such a horrible sentence. It's such a small sentence, but it's yet yeah, it's got such a powerful punch to yes. it. That you're like, great. Yeah. Now what? <laughs> And and this is it. And you're saying to them, well, you know, you need to be able to see mm. what is happening. You you can't put on the things yeah. that has happened. You know, mm. um, I mean, one of the things, one of the things, you know, is, you know, Jordan's been losing parts of his facial hair and his beard and things mm. like that. Great big patches, just. Oh losing the hair in great big patches and since then he started losing it um in my you know in his hairline mm. and when he goes to the hairdressers bits fall out and that but it turns out that in actual fact i mean we were saying well you know could it be this could it be that could it be to do with the hormones could it be and is all we kept getting is well no well no well, do it's you? It's because you're stressed out. Yeah. That's what I was getting yeah. remarks of. Because you're stressed out. That that's what's causing it. You're stressing yourself out, and mm. you're making it happen. And I yeah. said, but you you can't be making it happen because in these patches, after I don't know several weeks, you could you could only see it if you looked really close. Yeah. But really, really fine, like I would say, like baby down hair mm. was growing in its place, yeah. but in a totally different colour. So, like, it was sort of like a very, very fine, light colour. Mm. Um, and Jordan's very dark. Mm. Um, so it was, it was very, very strange. Not alopecia, because that sort of thing but how dr sharif explained it to us he said it's where the awesome immune system is being attacked through the fnd mm. um and it as soon as he was saying that and as you say you know mum, when you feel that you're being listened to you can just breathe so much easier you know because after so many times of being told it's in your head let's face it you start to believe it and you shouldn't but you start to believe it don't you you, you do, and I think it's such um, it's something that you I've I've heard time and time again from various people I've spoken to. Like the doctors just tell me it's in my head, 
And I was, that's what I, my first interaction with the neurologist was that, oh, wow, it's all in your head. I was like, that doesn't help me. What you're doing is you're making me feel like I'm crazy and I'm not crazy. I'm not choosing to do this. There is something going on inside my brain that I have no control over. But the phrasing of, oh, it's all in your head. Mm. It might literally be inside my head because it's inside my brain. There's these connotations with, oh, it's all in your head that you kind of do take it in that negative way because you're like well you've only ever heard it in that way and it's got those assumptions next to it and you're like that doesn't help me that's just making me feel worse yes Mm. yes absolutely absolutely Mm. I I don't think that unless you're somebody that has experienced it you can understand the frustration and Mm. the panic yeah. And uh, um, and 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 how that makes you feel when you're going through all these terrible things that are happening. Yeah. Yourself. And, and it's kind of that thing of like because it's so varied and there are so many different ways it can kind of present itself. It it it's it's just such a complex condition anyway, like mm. many conditions, but it's so complex. And I think the choice of language because it isn't a broken bone can make or break the then the path you go on individually and how you view it because if you view it as it's all in your head and therefore you know you're crazy or whatever you'll have a very potentially you have a very different experience to someone who maybe had it phrased in a slightly different way that didn't use those terms yes Mm. yeah Yeah, exactly that I mean because it was making me feel so low I was in a situation where I I was getting depressed, but I was mm-hmm. put onto a, a hospital doctor put me onto some medication to help with the mood, but I was already on antidepressants anyway from the past, mm-hmm. and I was then put on pregabalin. If you've heard of that, Sina. I I haven't. No, would you mind just explaining a bit about what it does for yeah. uh, people like me who have no idea? <laughs> No, that's fine. So with um, that was meant to help ease the pain, for neuropathic pain for what I was getting down below. But it's also in conjunction, it can help with your with mental health, with anxiety or depression. Um, But of course, I was put onto that, and I was getting these side effects from this medication on top of these other complex symptoms that I was having. And there was one stage that I said to my mum, I'm freaking out now that I'm getting like hallucinations from these, it seems like from this medication, you know, Mm. because there's, it was so stubborn for depression and that I didn't know whether it was for mental health or I didn't know if it was for medication. We went to the hospital and again, it was, because I was feeling so low, I felt like I wasn't being listened to, you know, yeah. and I know that from talking to Dr. Shreve now that depression and anxiety can be a, a symptom or trigger for FND, mm. um, but no one explained that to us. And when I was at a real low place, I really needed to talk to someone aside from my mum or family. And I saw this mental health nurse that came down, Zena, and, she, you know, she wasn't very pleasant with me. Mm. She said to me, like, all I hear you about is talking about this medication because it's not something you can just simply just come off of. Like, you've mm. got to windle it down. Mm. Um, and she was like, well, 
it got to one point and she said to me along the lines of, well, what do you want me to do then? Send you to a mental hospital? Is that what you want? And I said, mm-hmm. no, I didn't ask for that. You know, it was just so dismissive. And I, yeah. I, after feeling rubbish going in there, I felt even more rubbish coming out because I wasn't being listened to. Yeah. Um, And eventually I came off that medication, but it came about when, because I couldn't get anything on for NHS to do with my mental health again, I had to result going privately for that as well, mm. which my brother and uh, sister-in-law put me in touch with a psychotherapist that does it like uh, on a private basis, should I say. Mm. And she was absolutely phenomenal. She listened mm. to my problems. She understood my problems. I told her about this with mental health and I told her this was before the FND. Mm. And she said, this is not mental health, Jordan. I'm going to tell you now, this is not mental health. This is something completely else, but I can't put my finger on what it is. And you need to be investigated for what is causing this. Yeah. Um, and to hear that, when she said that at the start, I didn't know whether, if you liked, if I believed it in a sense, because I've been put down so many times. Mm. Um, but she, when I talked to her on a weekly basis, she was getting that more and more if you like, into my head to make me believe that in the mm. sense that that was the case. Yeah. And when I told her about this with what Dr. Sharif said, she said, I've heard of what FND is, but I had to explain it to her what it was. Mm. But it was just like, wow, she she did know, if you know what I mean, that it yeah. wasn't a mental health, as we know it, issue. It was mm. something causing that. Yeah. That must have been like... Um... I can imagine you were in like two minds about hearing her say that you must have been relieved to a point because she was hearing you and she was saying it's not mental health, it's not in this area. But then also you have that, well, what is it then? Mm. Like you're saying it's not this. Well, what what is it? I mean, fair play to her for saying like, I don't know what it is, but there is something going on. Um, but that you must have kind of had that kind of split between being kind of happy almost that it wasn't this mental health track that you're going down but then you also didn't have any sort of answer alongside it does that make sense yes it does and it was yeah it was a huge relief and then after that with seeing this doctor or being it privately it mm-hmm. it made such a difference and i came out of that appointment we both looked at each other didn't we mum was like yeah. We nearly broke down in tears, didn't yeah. we? It was like, we gave well... each other a big hug, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and said, oh, my goodness. But it basically, I mean, what the doctor had said, it, it talked us all through everything. And then he said, the only thing is, he said, is I need this to be properly, properly... Um, mm. So I'm... He, he said at the time there was only one of three different people that he wanted Jordan to go and see, or three different, mm. should I say. Um, yeah. And one was at Queen Square, um, one was at Tooting, and the other one was... Oxfordshire. Oxfordshire, I think he said, yeah. Um, Which is all quite a trek from us anyway, yeah, isn't it? It's quite, it's quite a trek. Um, they, they're never close by. Never. No. <laughs> you never, you never pop in like five minutes down the road. It's always at least half an hour, if not more. No, yeah. but I mean, we, it's what we said is like, we don't care. We don't care how far it is. Um, if it means going to Timbuktu, we'll go there. Yeah. Um, because it just, you know, to 
all we really wanted is for Jordan to see whether he, you know, whether there was any chance of him getting better. Yeah. Um, finding yeah. out more about treatment and and what could be done, what couldn't be done. And what causes FND more, really? Oh, yeah. You know, just FND yeah. in a nutshell. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because we didn't, and we didn't know that there was... There was this much wider picture with FND either. Um, we wasn't aware of that. We, you know, pretty much the way the doctor was talking was that it was, um, you know, not very many people dealt with it because not very many people had it sort of thing, you know. Oh, nice. I'm not saying that that is putting you know that that's what he actually said but that's the way we perceived it yeah um and you know we was like well this this is you know this is a bit surreal really you know we don't really after battling for For so so long long, um and it really was a battle Mm. Day in, day out, day in, day out, well, feeling very alone. I mean, you yeah. said that one very point, very frightened, you? even as his mum. You said mm. at one point, didn't you, mum? You don't know how to deal. With yeah, this I mean, anymore, it got it? it got to the point that I just didn't know how to how to deal with because all the problems, tremors, yeah, that, that Jordan was facing. I mean, you know, Jordan's. Ended up with problems with his with his um, pulse and ending up on medication for his heart. Mm. Um, he's he's got trouble with his stomach. Mm. He's had the problems with um, uh, the tremors and what he calls jelly legs. Yeah, um, love good jelly legs. You know, <laughs> when they won't do what he wants them to, and they yep. love a jelly. Yep, love um, jelly legs, jelly legs uh, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, chest pain, severe chest pain where he can't breathe. Yeah. Um, he's not, you know, he lost his eyesight. There was another time that he couldn't swallow and he had to have feeding tubes in. Oh, my gosh. Um, he's, you know, he, he had... speech as well. He was diagnosed with clinical depression mm. um, after the testicular cancer. Mm. Um, and all these other things going on and getting no answers. Um, You know, there's the the, the thing with his facial hair. Yeah. Um, Another thing is brain fog as well. Yeah, brain fog. Brain fog all the way. All the way brain fog. (laughs) Brain fog's awful. (laughs) (laughs) It's not pleasant. (laughs) You know, chronic fatigue. Um. And to sometimes see him writhing around in such pain. Yeah. And and I I just didn't know what to do anymore. As a mum, I felt totally helpless. Yeah. As to know how to help him anymore, you know. I was take because I was you know, the the GPs, the hospitals and I just felt like we were going around in circles. And you was made to feel like you was an over-anxious mother as well, I also you? was made to feel like I was an over-anxious mother. And a lot of the time, because, like, Jordan is now, well, he's just turned 25. Mm. Um, but because of um, all the things 
like because of his age group mm. it was like well what you're doing with your mother with you yeah you know yeah like, um, why, why is your mum here like you're over the age yeah. of 18 mum doesn't need to be here that sort of thing absolutely yeah, exactly. yeah. absolutely mm. and of course a lot of this was going on through, through covid as well yeah when nobody would you know see you. um you. the gps wouldn't see you mm. it was hard enough to get a telephone conversation let alone see anyone yeah um yeah. i mean that with facial hair that mum was saying earlier zena i mean they said Take a photo and send it into surgery. I mean, how can you tell on a photo? <laughs> no, <it's just> pens. <laughs> I mean, okay, interesting. It it, it 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 can't have been easy going through the process of trying to be diagnosed through COVID, though, at all. No, it, it, exactly. I think because everything had stopped as well, it, it, apart from those that needed it with uh, for COVID and that. And don't get me wrong, I fully do appreciate that because it's a horrible virus and I know so many people said they have lost their lives from it you know yeah um but it was just like we was getting nowhere I mean after that initial appointment with Dr Shreve privately he tried to refer me to Queen Square first one but it was rejected because it was a private referral even though he works on PNHS mm. so that was a lot of stress and then we had to chase it out with a gp eventually but it was all done through telephone calls mm. um and i spoke to him just before christmas last year to say that was a diagnosis and everything but i need help collaborating with a referral mm. um to one of these clinics that he suggested that he put in for letter and i spoke to him and he said yes i've done for a referral i de- heard that about what six times i'd say that i for referral was done but for, for referral wasn't forthcoming and it made me feel like rubbish really yeah. because you're like well how comes he's saying to us that a referral was done but it wasn't done because we chased that with relevant hospitals ourselves yeah um and it came back that was before christmas and then i think it was just after christmas i had a really important breakthrough somewhere mm-hmm. and i wanted to speak to the gp about it and they've actually um booked me in for an appointment on New Year's Eve. Mm. So I was waiting all day for a telephone call from my GP and I had nothing at all on New Year's Eve and I thought, well, maybe it's because he's busy and with COVID cases rising again, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But it's So I thought, I'll give it to the start of the new year and give him a call then. And she read out to me with a receptionist on the notes that the GP sent back to her saying, spoke to Jordan only a few days prior don't feel there's a notice, need to speak to him so soon after the previous appointment. Um, so ne- no need to contact, pretty much. And I thought oh, gosh. that was so dismissive, if you like, mm. that I felt, well, it got to a point that I was starting to feel more and more insulted mm. um, because I was thinking, I'm not a patient here. I'm just being dealt like I'm a number. Yeah. Um. And it came about that a few days later that we spoke to him on the telephone call. No apology or anything like that. And I'm going to be quite open about it, you know. Mm. And But he said, OK, I'll do for a referral now while we're on there. And I had mum nearby. So um, I said, could you just clarify that with mum, please, as well? Because she's going through this process with us too. And he said, yes. And he said, I promise you, Mrs. Drina, pretty much, mm-hmm. um, for referral was gone. So we thought, okay, great. We thought, well, because it's a uh, uh, referral electronically, that's what I was after, 
that that was being done, it would be instant. We phoned up the relevant hospital a few days later to see if the referral was gone or email, and they said, no, still not got for a referral. And you're thinking, well, he's just promised us that that referral's gone off. What is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's always hard when you're the patient waiting for a referral because you're like, it's just it's just like a weight on your chest, isn't it? You're like, I'm just waiting for someone to tell me what's going to happen next. And it can kind of leave you in that space where you're like, oh, I just don't know what's going to happen now. Um, mm. And it can leave you feeling quite despondent and kind of like, well, but like I want to get better and things like that. And yes, things do take time. Um, and obviously the pressures of COVID and things were very high. And that's, you know, that's a that's a separate part. But just for you as the feeling as the patient, you're kind of like, well, but like I want I want to do what I can to improve and to get better. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, it got to one point, not where it was going to be critical of the NHS, Lena, but we wanted to get out there our word of message to like even to papers saying that I need for help if you know what I mean to try and mm. hopefully spread the word out around that. Yeah. But when we've spoken to a family member that is a journalist mm. um that works for, for Guardian, I think it is, isn't it, Mum? You know, but she did say that pretty much along the lines of that we can't really at the moment, didn't she, Mum? You know, because of the pressures of I, I, I think I think to be honest with you, the bottom line was we was just so um it had gone on for so long. And I'm yeah. I'm not talking about months, I'm talking about years. Yeah. Um it had gone on for so long and then when you're told something, we were so elated to 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 speak to um the doc the neurologist privately yeah. um with what he'd said and that there was hope actually mm-hmm. that somebody actually knew what was going might know what was going on yeah um and and then to be told right we're we're sending you off urgently um and then you're waiting for the weeks. Do you know what I mean? You're waiting yeah. for the weeks to hear for something to plop through the door. Yeah. And when it goes oh, quite a while without even getting an appointment plop through the door for ever far in the future, mm. um, you start to think, and then you start chasing it up, and then you find, well, actually, it's not even been done. Mm. Um. Uh, you know, because because it had come from a private consultant and not a NHS consultant. Although he works for the NHS and that's who we would have been seeing mm. um, on the NHS. Um, you know, then you start all again and then you wait months again and then nothing again. It's like... You know, what's going on? What, you know, what is... And you just feel that with all the the pressure that's on you as a mum and, and, you know, Jordan was getting flare-ups left, right and centre and mm. to the point that really didn't know what any day was going to bring. Yeah. Um, uh, that... You know, you're thinking, well, uh, I don't get it. I, I don't understand where it's all 
gone by the wayside. Yeah. Um, and you know, then then but then we did eventually quite by fluke. Um, <laughs> we we was constantly on at the poor secretary <laughs> at Tooting. And at Tooting Hospital, might I say that since we've been to Tooting Hospital, they've been absolutely fantastic. Been first class for Jordan, they? they've been fantastic. Um, but they 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 had a cancellation, didn't they, Jordan? For the next day. For the next day. And I was working and I said, No, scrap that, I'll phone up work and say I'll take a day's holiday. Yeah. Um call the other girls round and see if I could be covered for work. Mm. And you know, but I said, no matter what, we're going. Yeah, you know. Um, so we did go there. The so day, didn't yeah, we? we did go up there the following day, and we saw a wonderful consultant, and she got Jordan to do a bit of walking, and walking backwards, and different good old, things. Good old walking backwards. And yeah, good one. old walking backwards. <laughs> and she said, mm, "You're definitely got FND." <laughs> <laughs> Like, yep, that's me. I'm, I'm that one. Didn't she, Jordan? Yeah, she was really lovely, though. She took a good hour with us, didn't she? To we explain was everything. For ages, you know, wasn't we? You know, and she'd gone through everything, what FND is, and confirmed for diagnosis. And again, when she confirmed for diagnosis, it was way off our shoulders because we thought that's the next breakthrough now. Yeah. Um, and with, um, what you call it, she also said that pretty much, by any chance, have you been told that this is, this is in your head, and we was like, <laughs> "Yes, plenty of times." <laughs> and she said, that "Only like, mm -hmm. only like twice, you know, not, not yeah, only twice <laughs> or fifty-two times, yeah." <laughs> but but uh, yeah, she said, "Oh no, just to put your mind at ease, it is not in your head, you know." And please do never think that it is in your head. That's really good that she made the effort to say that and to like reassure you. That that's that was a very nice move from her to kind of take that time to be like, actually, no, this isn't this isn't what you have been told. Like, it's not that. When she described what it was to you, how did she describe it to you? Did she use the computer kind of analogy? Yeah, yes. she used a software <laughs> issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so did Doctor Sharif. And so did Doctor Sharif. But it, when they explained it, it really did make sense, didn't it, Mum? Mm. You know, thinking. And to be honest, we couldn't because at one point there was a question mark over MS mm. slash FND. Mm. Um, and recently, I mean, Jordan, we went up to see um, a neurophysio. And he's we? lovely as well, wasn't and he? And he is absolutely fantastic. And he said. Um, he explained to John when we asked him about that. Mm. He, you know, how 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 can you tell the difference between um, FND and MS. Um, and MS? And he 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 was able to explain about you know the the, the FND being mm. messages from the brain. Mm. And not a structural thing where he, he he was explaining like with the with the nerve systems mm. um with MS, it's actually like, you know, like when you get the the copper the mm. copper wires through, if you was to take the outer off of a off of a wire, um the you might get a break 
with yeah. them ish, you might get a break in that and that that's what causes like to short out yeah. whereas with with fnd it's with inside it's coming from the from, yeah yeah you know yeah that so. the the computer analogy tends to be the one that that people get told i always i always like to ask that question just in case someone's come up with a new way of describing it because mm. i'm like it would be like we can add to that kind of way of describing it by sharing how people have done it and things like that and i'm like i always ask them like you just never know someone out there might be coming up with a different way of describing it and if they are i want to know what it is <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard uh, it yet no <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I was hoping you guys were going to give me that one. No, that's fine. Um, <laughs> if anyone out there has been given a different explanation for what it is, please reach out to me. I'm very interested. I would love to know. Find me on Twitter, Life with FND. Tell me because I want to know. I'm collecting these things. I wish to know. Um, but that, I think, having it described and kind of having that diagnosis must have been such a moment of relief and kind of like, oh, we know and yes. like that pressure must have been relieved for you I know when I was diagnosed I found it incredibly difficult though to even accept it how did you find accepting it Jordan yeah I mean I've I, it, it was I, like a double-edged sword it was it, it was really? a double-edged sword because I was like yes I can finally accept that but then I was <laughs> like why is this like you were saying and your previous um person that you had on your talk show it's like it was like what is going on with my brain? Why is my brain acting like this? You know, yeah. um, and it makes you realise, I suppose, as well, how complicated the brain really is, and how powerful it is as well. Like the power it has to just kind of flip a switch, and that's that is quite scary at points. I think. Well, it's for me. I'm like, okay, sorry, I, I won't do that. I'll go back in my corner. You carry <laughs> on. I'll come back when you're when you're ready and you're happy to share. <laughs> absolutely that but it was I think that's it as well I've said to mum I think when because I'm meant to be starting this neurophysio properly for a week for intense treatment starting next week oh, oh good luck for that I hope it goes really well for you thank you very much yeah starting on Monday afternoon and then there uh, Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and Friday morning during sessions so mm. which is going to be good it's going to be hard but I think when I actually start it I'll be like I can accept this condition now and let's get yeah. on with it and hopefully my life back on track, you know? Yeah. Did, did P, uh, sorry, that was not a sentence. Let's try that all over again. When you were told about it, was it phrased that it was something you could recover from? Um, when we spoke to Dr. Sharif, he said to me, it's one of these situations, it depends how early it's been caught, really, because okay. if it's been caught early, um, it's, it can be treatable. However, for longer that uh, it can be left, for harder it can be to treat. So yeah. until that they they start this treatment plan in London, which they're going to next week, as we were saying, mm. I think we'll have a good understanding to see where we're at, really. Yeah, you know? I mean, um, the consultant at um, Tooting also said the same thing. And in actual fact, she went through all Jordan's history right down from a baby upwards mm. um and she said i i think actually jordan might have been suffering with this for some time yeah um some years mm. and it, it like hides doesn't it it, it hides and it's masked yeah. enough that you're like oh it's just um just part of normal life like i had i've got someone else who's will be released in a couple of weeks and he was saying like i thought it was normal that when you went to sleep you just didn't move 
or that you've got pins and needles all the time mm. because yeah. you just don't know that it's that's not how it's meant to be mm. yeah you're kind mm. of just you're so used to it it's part of your normal life that you just assume everyone else is the same yeah yeah I think there's been a lot of aspects with Jordan because um that has maybe been like that Mm. um I mean it's not until actually that when you find out like it's like with the tremors and stuff Mm. like that um well you're saying to me uh, weren't you why are you tremoring looking looking back on things you know going back to when Jordan was at college um he was having a few days where, like, the college would phone up and say, like, we really need you to come pick Jordan up. He's really not well. Mm. Um, and it would be like, and he would say, oh, I've got my jelly legs, mum. My mm. jelly legs. But um, I remember while you say that, I was one day at college and i just come over. I was doing a mess lesson. Everyone, we make a joke of it now because everyone knew that I couldn't stand retaking my mess. <laughs> um <laughs> But I come up with. I love where this is going already. I'm fully involved in the story. Go for it. But yeah, I come over with a mess, and literally, but it was like, I don't know. It's just like my body come over all heavy all of a sudden, and I've never experienced anything like it. But I, was, I like the teacher was asking a question, and instead of answering the question, I put my hand up, tried to put my hand up, and she said, "Oh, Jordan, you really don't look very well. Are you okay?" And I went, "No, not at all, really." And she said, "Yeah, you need to be." go to like the medical room mm. so she got someone else from the class to take me down to make sure that I was okay but she said to this day I remember the words she said to me um going back a few weeks after that episode she went you look like death warmed up on that day and she said I know deep down you don't want to take the mess again but <laughs> you know I can't help that unfortunately <laughs> so I was like well <laughs> well you know that's one way to get out of a mass lesson <laughs> exactly it's, but it's kind of it's kind of up there with the dog ate my homework isn't it you know just on that line <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it was but i remember going to the medical room then and i felt like i was go- i was gonna black out mm. um and i remember there, there was this woman uh that was like the support staff that used to help me with that uh, sort of thing anyway and you know, I still, I'm going to say her name because I hope she can listen back to this, but Jenny, she was an amazing lady and she really <laughs> understood me and she she laid me on the couch that they had set up for me and she went, Jordan, um, you know, you're shaking and everything like that. And she, because even though she was medically trained, she mm. still didn't know what it was as such. So yeah. she was looking through her book of medical <laughs> things <laughs> and, well, it's not this, it's not that, it's not this. Well, what is it then? You know? <laughs> Like a, um, like, a, a, like a mystery through a book. Exactly, you know, and she said, well, I don't know, could it be a heart attack? I don't think it's a heart attack. And I was like, well, I don't think it's a heart attack either. We You're just... like, you're filling me with great confidence here, Jenny. I feel great. Yep, okay. <laughs> That's exactly how Love I went it. to her, yeah. And she went, well, I think you need, you know, because they were going to try and call an ambulance um, while I was at the college, because she was at work that day, and my granddad had to put me up. Mm. Um, but it, they tried to phone up for an ambulance, but the wait time then was horrendous even then. So in the end, they just had to call home to say, mm. can someone pick me and then take me to the hospital? Yeah. Um, but it was, they they thought it was appendicitis for whatever reason at one point. 
Mm. But then nothing else was followed up from that, really, was it, Mum? From that no, episode, and I don't know it? where they got the appendicitis from. Because, because I didn't have an appendicitis pain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Jenny looking through her book. Maybe you know she just she just picked something out for you. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I think I think it's um, it's one of those things, isn't it? When you the beauty of hindsight is you can look back and go, oh. Well, actually, I experienced like those tremors that you did from college and you're like, oh, maybe I have been displaying symptoms for a number of years and I just didn't realise that that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, I, I also had the same thing where I um, I call it fishing. So I have non-epileptic attacks and I look like a fish out of water and I just shake continuously, um, normally on the floor. And it's quite, you know, a dramatic movement. And actually, when I think back, I was having those moments when I was like a teenager, when I was at university um, but I'd never really considered it. I did what my other guest, um, Phil Philip said, which was that I just assumed it was normal. I just mm. thought it was part of like, that's, that's what the body does. The body just does that randomly. I'd never seen anyone do it, but I was like, oh, well, if I do it, it must mean everyone does it. So, you know, there's nothing to kind of worry about. Um, and then you'll start, when you get the diagnosis, you start connecting the dots and you're like, ah, yes, yeah. that mm. might be FND. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a bit of so, a light bulb moment, really, it is, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's not what I should be doing. But okay, <laughs> good tonight. Right, it's... I will try not to fish on the floor. Okay, no tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, though, oh, it must it's, be it's horrible. Easy yeah. To laugh about, but you've got to laugh about it. Um, but yeah. it must, you know, with, with some of these things that happen and like it's you're vision. saying with you and with different, they are scary. Yeah. They're really scary, some of them. And um, you just, you know, it's very hard. Yeah. To, the, the only thing I could say to any parent out there that has got, don't matter how old your child is, um if they are sure that there's something wrong with their child you persevere and go guns great guns mm. you know don't take no for an answer don't take you know because we all know our children and our, and we all know our own bodies yeah and we all know when something really isn't right yeah yeah, no. it's it must be incredibly. I mean, I can empathise with Jordan because obviously I I'm also someone with FND, but like I can't imagine seeing your child go through what Jordan's been through. Must have been incredibly hard for you, and hard doesn't even feel like the right word. It feels like it needs to be a stronger word, but I don't know what word I want. Um, it must have been incredibly difficult for you to watch him go through as a mum, and 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 you like you said earlier, you feel that kind of helplessness of I don't know what I can do to help you, but. I need to do something. Yes, yes, yeah. Kind of that ooh moment. You know, and for for a lot of times, um, you also feel well. Right, I've I've done this and I've done that. To to start off with, you're like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, because of the symptoms changing so much as well. Mm. Um, I think. I think you know you sort of you'll get over one thing um and then something else happens mm. and and then you're thinking 
well, how can I help with that? You know, when Jordan was getting the hallucinations um, and feeling that people were coming at him, um, yeah. you know, how, how can I? And he was frightened to go to sleep, petrified yeah. to go to sleep. Um, but he needed that sleep to, yeah. to, to ease all the messages going everywhere. Mm. Um, and really and truthfully, it was like, I, I, how, how do I help? Um, you know, and then when we got to see that, that nurse at the hospital, the, um, mental the mental health nurse, you know, and she was so horrible. Mm. And I thought, well, where do I go from here? Yeah. Where, how can I, you know... Um, help, help my child. Yeah, because I, I wasn't of... even... I was trying to say to her, I I felt that the, the pregabalin had worsened things instead mm. of made things better. Mm. Um. And it's all like she was saying, is it's all I can hear you talking about. It's pregabalin, pregabalin, pregabalin. And I said, yes, but I'm saying to you, I I don't know. Is that something that the pregabalin has caused? Yeah. Or is that something different that's happening to Jordan? I don't know. Yeah, you're just trying to understand, aren't you? You're trying I, to kind of work out what's going on for you as the parent so that you can be supportive of your child, but also you as the individual and try and work out what 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 the monkeys is actually happening right now because there's yes. so much happening. Yes. You kind of can't see the wood for the trees because you're like, I don't actually know what is going on from which angle and what's causing what and what's triggering and things like that. And it's a really difficult balance to try and get. Yeah, I mean, he went through a stage, Jordan went through a stage of bringing up blood. Mm. And... That must have been very scary also very scary and you think again no answers was there well that's it how it's been though is i think there's (laughs) you know it's what you're saying in your previous show again zena is that there is a lot of good eggs in pnhs but you've got to find the right ones that will help you you know Mm. um and i think it's just it's back to that point of that sometimes you feel what you know is it me in the end because like you know with the chest pain I knew something wasn't right but all I got told is well you're anxious you're over worrying you're doing this and it only until I got to see a haematologist about this bringing up blood he's Mm. he first thing he said to me sat down and he said how are your broken ribs doing Jordan I said I beg your pardon (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't aware I had any broken ribs Exactly. exactly I said I don't what and he said yeah your broken ribs like uh, three or four of them he said didn't he mum yeah. you know and I was like but I th- you know I was in disbelief <laughs> and speechless and he went well and he showed us the scan he said here here and here and I was yeah like, you're like ah right probably should have been told about that how did that happen and he said I can only assume the cancer caused it mm. because apparently cancer can cause that make weak your, bones. yeah make your bones weak yeah um and it doesn't have to be with treatment either. But um, yeah, this is the scary thing, is when we went to the oncologist about that, they said, oh, you must have bumped yourself into a table. We know <laughs> that you can 
be clumsy because of your dyspraxia, but you must have bumped into yourself into the table. I was like, well, I don't know if I bumped into the table. That must have been some whack. <laughs> and broken three or four ribs. I don't know. You're like, yes, I might be dyspraxic, but equally, I am somewhat aware of where my body is and kind of what it's doing. So I don't think I did that. <laughs> exactly. But they even said, really, your haematologist shouldn't have said that to you. And you're like, well, why not? Well, why not? Because he's the first person there's even mentioned it why and he said why didn't you mention it and kind of like they are my ribs right they are inside my body <laughs> i feel like i should know what's happening well especially when he was backwards and forwards to a so often with the severe chest pain and mm. not being able to breathe maybe it was your broken ribs maybe that's what i was doing it <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely not a doctor. Please do not take that as gospel to anyone that's listening. But, <laughs> but, but you know, you can see where we're coming from, can't yeah. you? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it's. I think it's really nice though that you guys have a sense of humour, and that actually most people I've spoken to, if not all, all of them, have all had this really good sense of humour of looking at the situation and being able to find a laugh. And whilst it might be hard and it does not detract from like the struggles that you go through and the hard days where you can't get out of bed or whatever it might be, the fact that you can look with look back at it and find something to kind of smile or laugh with mm. is 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 such an important part of it, I think. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Yeah, I agree. I do think that, and it's something you said to me ever since I was young, really, laughter is the best medicine. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can't laugh, then... You cry. And if yeah, you can't absolutely. cry, then and you're crying just doesn't get you anywhere. It really it's doesn't. Only if you can, it's, only, it's only if you can cry, though. If you're like me and you can't cry, there's stuff you can't do either. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do at that point? Just sit and, and, sit and hope that an emotion comes out. <laughs> but, back... <laughs> Uh, what was that? That was like a really well timed like <laughs> ad break, but there's no ads on this. So here we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. We don't really know quite what happened. We've been just, you know, it, it's just the wonders of technology. It's fine. Do not worry. It's all good. We, we think we we think it was my mum FaceTiming us. Well, <laughs> shout out to Jordan's nan. Hi, Jordan's nan. Thanks for joining us. It was great. Um, <laughs> So yeah, before before Nan appeared, um, we were just saying that laughter is actually it's it's quite a powerful thing, and I think it can be incredibly difficult, especially when you're first going through the process, or if you're having um, a relapse and things like that, to find something to kind of laugh with. But I think it can be so helpful. Yes, absolutely. I th I think you know. To be honest we hadn't laughed for a long time and um i think we've started smiling and laughing a little bit more when when it's possible yeah um since since the diagnosis really Absolutely. because we don't feel like we're drowning as much yeah i mean you sound very um smiley and happy um just via this although i can't see your faces i'm assuming you're smiling and happy you seem to be um <laughs> either that or you're really good at acting and actually you're having a horrible time and you don't ever wish to talk to me ever again um <laughs> so either that you would just skim over that one um but i think it is it can be incredibly hard when you're losing things like your walk your memory your speech your kind of your privacy your dignity you can, it's so incredibly hard to find something to laugh with. 
And I think it's something that I have done somehow I've managed to do from quite early on, but I think that was part of my, the way mine presented with the dissociation. I was able to kind of go into a different state so I could find it funny ish. Mm. Maybe mm. I'm not really too sure. I, I don't really remember it, but I feel like I found stuff funny. Um, and it's just that balance, isn't it? For those who are listening that are like, well, what, what, what are they on about? Why should I be laughing? Why should I be smiling? It takes time to get to that point where you can, but eventually you might reach a point where you can laugh at the fact you've got jelly legs or that you fish on the floor or that you yeah. got out of a maths lesson because you just didn't want to be there, whatever it might be. <laughs> Thanks, Zena. <laughs> Sorry. It's the teacher in me. I can't help it. As a teacher, I'm like, oh, my God, he got out of a lesson? No. Go back. Um, absolutely not. I'm not that mean. Um, but <laughs> I think it, it takes time, doesn't it, to develop that sort of sort of approach to it. Would you agree? Yeah. Yes, yes, it definitely does. Absolutely. And you need to surround yourself with people that you understand the situation as well don't you mum if you know what I mean? yes absolutely i mean i'm not being funny zuna but just by being able to talk to you and knowing that you understand mm. helps oh i'm glad you know is it is it my really poorly timed jokes because they're really, well really good jokes <laughs> my really really good jokes <laughs> you know i should have been a comedian that's what maybe i should do that instead give up teaching just be a comedian <laughs> No, you know, I think for for somebody else to understand, yeah, um, and um, no, I mean, like when you say, you know, some of the things you go through is quite degrading, and it is, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm saying from what I can see that Jordan has been through, yeah, not because I've been through it myself, yeah, but I feel like I've almost been through it myself. And I would say, uh, so my opinion on it, I could be completely wrong, but the way I feel about it is that we, as the people that have FND go through it, and we go through it in a particular way because we are experiencing the symptoms and mm. the, the kind of the triggers and the treatments and things like that. But then you've got the support network of people around those with FND who also go through it, but they go through it in a slightly different manner. Yes. You're still experiencing it, but you're experiencing it to another level where you're seeing someone you care about, you love. Yes. lose the ability to do certain things or to find things difficult which before they found so easy it was it was just natural yes. and that that's a different set of experiences and I think if you see it that they are kind of they are different but they are alongside each other we are all going through the kind of the whirlwind that is FND we're just coming at it from slightly different angles because of where we're starting mm. um, and it, it's not to say that either one is easier or either one is harder I think it's just different absolutely yeah i think that's it is as well because it's a new condition it's still always being blunt if you like even mm -hmm. us us as patients and even for doctors physios etc i mean yeah physio that we saw that i'm going to be starting for treatment with next week he's lovely and he understands it but he was saying there's so much more things that are coming out about it like he was saying and it's what you said in another chat scene like it won't show on blood tests, it won't show on anything like that, you no. know. Um, so it's very hidden in that bracket. But it did say, if you, I'm sure you've had plenty of just normal MRI scans, haven't you? And I said, yes, I have. He said, well, obviously, pretty much the MRI would come back as normal. And I yeah. said, yeah, that's right, it has. He said, the things that we're finding out and we've been taught now is, well, didn't he, mum, is like, 
if you did like um, a super <coughs> enhanced MRI mm-hmm. of the brain, mm. it shows certain things in the brain for changes in the brain that you can associate with FND. But you yeah. can't always get it's these. to do with the blood flow in the brain, isn't it? Flow, so yeah. are they talking about doing a functional MRI? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So someone um, came on, uh, oh, goodness me, and they uh, we had such a long, like, very scientific chat. I can't remember who it was, and that's awful of me. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. It was a really nice chat. I really enjoyed it. I just can't remember your name. Um, and she was saying about you can see it in an FR, fMRI because it's the functioning side. And mm-hmm. it lights up different areas than those that you would be expecting in someone who doesn't have FND. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like we are still learning as patients. We're learning, like you said, Jordan, and as the people around the patients, like not just doctors, but family members, everyone is on this learning kind of journey. And everyone's kind of desperately clawing at whatever information they can get to try and make sense of what's going on and how best to help and things to do and things to avoid and tools to add into our toolboxes and tools to go "Mm, you didn't work I'm not going to touch you for a while that Mm. sort of thing Mm. Um, Mm. it's just really it's just a very difficult complex beast of a condition yes absolutely yeah and I I think I think for for people for it to go be put out there and for more people to understand it Mm. it's very important I mean one of the times when the paramedics arrived with Jordan and it was this, it was another flare up and um they thought it was another stroke, but this time it was down the right side, not down the left side. Mm. Um and by this time we'd already spoken to Doctor Sharif, um, Sharif and to Dr. Novak. And we'd been told like the the consultant at Tootin. And um, so he'd had his, Jordan had had his official diagnosis and and I said, it's probably his FND. I think it's an FND flare up. And the, the paramedic said, what's that? Yeah. And I said, well, and he said, you mean there's something out there that can cause stroke-like symptoms? And I don't yeah. know. And I said, well, yes. Yeah. And he said, well, I need to know about it. Yeah. Why don't we know about it? I'm, I'm going to go away and learn everything that there is to know about it. Well, hats off to that paramedic. That's, I think it's that thing, isn't it? Like there are, it's like, I could have this completely the wrong way around. So if I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. I think it's one of the most common neurological conditions there is. And yet the there is very limited research knowledge around it because it's so varied. Mm, and because it's so different for every single person that experiences it like I might have um like a walking problem or a walking symptom but my walking symptom might be very different to Jordan's walking symptom it might Mm -hmm. be a different leg or it might be a different kind of way of shuffling I'm going to call it a shuffle because I don't think I can call it a walk um like it's it's so different it's so varied that it makes it difficult to do research I guess on it because there's no consistency to it Mm. yes Um, and that's part of the reason I started doing this sort of thing was because actually there's so many people with so many different stories and so many different symptoms and the might not put it together Mm, exactly for migraines but I mean as Cameron said our physio he said if we was in A&E now and just say three quarters of them were 
brought in for stroke like symptoms, if you like. Mm. He said most common of them wouldn't be strokes, even, didn't he? Yeah, um, he yeah. said most of them wouldn't be FND yeah. related. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, we've, he said we try, we try to, but it's just not, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's just not acknowledged um, or understood. Yeah, I think I think it's not understood. Yeah, I, maybe um, as well as something like a stroke. Yes, yeah. Like a stroke, you've got, a, and I'm I'm not going to say it's all in our heads. I'm not going to do that. But a stroke, you've got a physical sign, like yeah. you can see it on a scan. Yeah, it's a it's a bleed on the brain. Yeah, where and like a broken leg, you can see mm. the break in the leg. Yeah. Whereas because it's to do with like the connections and things like that, it's not easy to see i guess it you can see it i guess on like an fmri that was a mouthful of letters um, <laughs> i'm glad i got that out correctly that was going to sound horrible you did very wrong. well there thank you i'm gonna i'm gonna tend to tip my hat that i don't have it on um but i think you can see it, it's just more difficult to see it and therefore it makes it more difficult to like understand yes yeah. i'm yeah. doing a lot of hand gestures not that you can see them but there are hand gestures happening here um, I'm not really sure why oh. they're just going to happen. They're not rude ones, I promise. I'm just kind of generally kind of waving my hands around. I didn't think about how that would come out actually when I said that. I should probably think we'll take it. your word for it, Zina. Um, to be fair, I promise. We... <laughs> Honest, you've only just met me, but I promise I'm being nice. In all fairness, though, we do have a little joke here at home, and again, I suppose it makes us laugh about the condition because my nan. Bless her, she lives with us and she always tries to explain the condition to other family members. Yeah. And I'm not going to spell it out, but she don't call it FND, she calls it FKD. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. Well, that's how I feel. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, ma'am. That was great. Appreciate that one. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to walk around the street saying that, though, because I might get in trouble. <laughs> I, might, I might get in trouble with that. You might have to come bail me yeah. <laughs> But it just, it's a little thin that I suppose makes you accept that condition, what you're saying earlier, Zena, you know? Uh, yeah. So, but of course, like with all this that's gone on, and as you say, um, I mean, it, it's just incredible. And another thing that we've been asked to do actually when we go up for treatment next week, um, the physios got in touch with us to say, can this person get in contact with us to do part of a research programme, isn't it, Mum? Yes, yes. Oh, amazing. So someone that's got FND and someone that's not got FND to co collaborate for results. Does oh, amazing. Yes. So we're both taking part in that. And there's a few tests, isn't there? Yeah. Um, but but... That's, that's what we need, isn't it? We need that research to happen. We need people to be, A, interested... And be be interested enough to then want to do something with it. Yes, yes. Um, and just kind of roll with it. So that's amazing. I'm well. I hope maybe you'll send me anything that happens, and I can maybe share any results and kind of spread the word a bit more. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're always looking for people. So you know, well, they're looking for people to help in their research. So we can um, follow them me up. So <laughs> yeah, I mean. They're, you know, they're they're really great. There, they really are amazing mm. people. Yeah. Um, and I've got to say that, you know, talking about laughing, maybe that's the one thing as well that we feel that we're safe with them. We feel safe with yeah. them. 
and I suppose it make, makes me feel again that I'm a human being again as opposed to yeah nothing, if you like yeah no I think it's it's all too easy to feel like you're not and to feel like you're on that edge of society where you don't really belong and I think when you find the group of people whether that's professionals or other people who are like-minded or even those with FND you find you kind of feel like you're backing a community again mm. and you've got that community like feel to it like you can reach out to someone on Twitter and go oh my god my jelly legs today are just not working and everyone's like oh my god me too and you kind of don't feel like you're on your own and you can you can laugh and you can joke because you're in the same boat mm. yeah like, you might be going to yeah. directions but you are in kind of roughly the same area maybe the boat wasn't the best analogy yeah you know, and, I, I, and I think what else was really important as well to help you is to be told that you will get flare-ups, you will get setbacks, but they won't last. They're yeah. not going to kill you. Yeah. Not, you know, and that is a big thing because when you're, when you're seeing your loved ones or when that person is going through themselves, mm -hmm you don't know what's going to happen to you and where it's all going to end up yeah no completely I think it's it's just finding where you're comfortable and everyone will take it at their own pace and everyone will have different steps that they might take but you can kind of once you you make friends with it and that sounds really weird but like FND's kind of I see it, as, it started out as being like my enemy it was the one in charge I was kind of doing as it told me and now I'm kind of trying to convince it to be my friend and like walk alongside me. And there might be times where I take charge and there might be times where it takes charge, but we kind of work together on it. Mm -hmm. But that mm -hmm. does take time. It's not something that happens overnight. And, you know, it's taken me what, four years to be able to, to kind of see it in that manner. Um, mm. But that's okay. You just do it at your own pace. And what we're saying here for those that are listening, like, you can't laugh yet about it that's okay there will come a time where you might be able to find it just a little bit funny yeah. and you'll be able to see it as you're just being a fish on the floor like me you just fished on the floor for an hour you know you just fancy being friends with the floor that's okay i mean it's not but you you kind of find a reason to smile and laugh and kind of move forward and it stops being such a heavy weight you can kind of spread the weight out a little bit does that make sense? Yeah. Or rambled like for ages? No, 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 no it does. does make sense. Oh, good. Sense. Otherwise, I'd have to cut all that bit out, and I don't know how. Much <laughs> that. <laughs> That's all good. No, it's a. It it makes sense, and good. you know, I think it's again around with people that understand. I mean, you know, I've had opportunities come up that I've had to knock back for my own career, mm. um, but I'm involved with this special club at the moment on them um, that really they're trying to keep me involved one way or another and they're trying to accommodate me around for condition aren't they yeah I think I think for Jordan the other thing that has not helped him is he he's very involved in football and he's had a lot of big chances mm. um, he was really yeah doing well and every time he feels that he's been given an opportunity, been given a chance. So something in his health, FND or whatever, mm. has stepped in and taken him over. Mm. And 
he feels like he's lost so many chances, especially with one so young. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jordan had the cancer in... When was 21. Uh, yeah, yeah, going back 2018. Mm. And, um, and from there, it's been a whirlwind of severe health issues one way and another. Mm. And, you know, I think... He feels like he's missed out on his youth. Yeah. I've said that to you a few um, times, haven't I? He's recently. not allowed to drive because of the... Heart rate issue. Because of the heart rate issue, mm. which they do believe is the FND causing it. Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot has been put on hold for you, hasn't it? Yeah, a lot has been put on hold. And I just feel that, again, that's another <clears> thing <throat> that entwines with your mental health, like, you know. Because mm. you see things and you think, yeah, that's that's a bit of me, and I feel like I can focus on to that. But I mean, it was only before the FND uh, or with that problem when I was pain down off the left side, I said to my mum, and it was a few months before, mum, I'm the happiest I've been in ages, if not the happiest I've been all my life. Yeah, you know, and I was getting really involved with coaching, really enjoying what I was doing, mm. involved with a great set of people, and mm. then lo and behold this all come about and it it just stopped from there on my behalf obviously they continued but you've been really ill before then and then you just seem to come out of it albeit gradually but you did seem to come out of it and got better and better and better and it was funny because we'd only just been saying I, I think I'd driven Jordan to because because he'd not been able to drive I'd driven him to one of the matches and he was like mum I, I you know he come, when he come back to the car after feeling after the game and that and it, it, it's gone really really well with the training and the game and stuff and, and he went mum I am so I've, I'm the happiest I've been for a long time and he was and within two days boof another flare-up, and it was bad. But, of course, we didn't know at this time what it was. But that's when the waterworks issue started, weren't but it? But that's when the waterworks it, Yeah. But started. that's the sign to FND, isn't it? And then because of his dyspraxia, we had even problems with that because mm. of his coordination. And not pe- and people didn't understand that either. People really. didn't understand that either. Yeah. So, you know, um, that was very hard to get through. Mm. Um um, and it's only come about recently they want to do an extra bit of research, isn't it, through this assessment, autism assessment that they want to do. Yeah, they've recently said that they would like to do an autistic assessment with Jordan, um, not because it will help to know in an adult whether particularly um, whether he's autistic or not, but when he was a child and I was told he had dyspraxia as a as a little one um he i was also told he could possibly be mildly autistic Mm. um well obviously when we've gone through everything with our when everything has been gone through Mm. with people um at the at tooting and the consultants and everything, going back to his childhood, um, they've said that actually 
it won't make a difference, but they would like very much to be able to um, know whether it is or not because it can make a difference to how they actually treat yeah. the FND. Yeah. Um, or the ways round about it, you know, how they're going to go about different things and that. Yeah. And, um, that, and that makes sense. It's, it's good that they want to be as informed as they can be to make sure that the treatment it can be as effective as it, it possibly could. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that is what they like. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather that be the case than not, you know, than yeah. to just go at things head up. Because I think, obviously, when messages are being sent wrongly throughout the body, mm. um, I mean, Jordan's also been told he's got... Um, Oh, with the, with the brain, sorry, I'm... Brain atrophy. Bra no, mild, not brain. mild brain atrophy. Mm. But I know that that wasn't as a yeah. young child. Yeah. So I know that that's something that's happened in later life. Would you, is, would you be able to explain what that is just for those that are listening if they haven't heard of it before? Right. Well, we didn't really know what it was, to be honest. We wasn't explained what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but, it was explained. Well, <laughs> Good old Google. We also asked Dr. Sharif about yeah. it, didn't we? Yeah, because, we did. um, once we got to see Dr. But, Sharif, didn't we? Yeah, what he pretty much said is that with that in mind, with the mild brain atrophy, it's, it sounds scary, but it's where brain has shrunk somewhat, isn't it, Mum? Yes. You know? Right. Um, Bear with us two seconds. We've got one of the dogs has come in with us. And <laughs> He wants to go out, and unless we let him out, he's going to go. That's fine. Fine, fine. This just adds to the story that will come through. I'm not editing <laughs> any of this out. This is all staying. <laughs> Back, sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's part of the brain where it shrinks. Um, but this is it, though, Zena. It wasn't explained. I was told that when I was struggling with swallowing. Um, when someone came around to me on forward, they said, oh, you've got mild brain atrophy. Next thing I knew, I was about to ask questions, and they walked off again. Yeah, and they discharged so, you, and then they discharged me, and then and you're like, like, um, I only just blinked. Can we go back? Just <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> and I was like, well, that makes no sense. And I said to the nurse, like, or whoever was looking after me, I said, what does that necessarily mean? And she went, well, I don't know. I'm only, you know, I don't know that to that extent. Like, she said, mm. it's a certain part of the brain has shrunk, yeah. but it, it, she said that's that's all we got, wasn't yeah. it? From um, and when we found when we checked it out with Dr. Sharif, I mean, again, we went months without not knowing what it was. And you looked online, and it comes up with frightening stuff like yeah. dementia or whatever. And you think, yes. hold on a second, what's all this about? Like, you yeah. know, because that's never been mentioned to me. I was a bit scared because I said to you, my memory wasn't great before that test. Yeah, right? your yeah, your memory has been yeah terrible. So I was like, mm, I'm a bit overwhelmed with it. Again, it comes to a situation that this was before the FND was diagnosed and I was meant to be under Dr. Shree for this problem. Mm. And again, we was getting nowhere and eventually I was meant to have an appointment with him on the Saturday, which is unusual anyway, probably because of the COVID situation. Yeah. And I know this might be going a, a bit extensive, but 
we heard nothing whatsoever throughout the day. And it was like, well, we was expecting to hear. Norman Bowder, it was about half past six that Saturday evening. Mm. And I was watching the game on for TV. And he said, oh, I'm ever so sorry, Mr. Stringer. I saw that it was today I was meant to call you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I realised it was today pretty much. And I'm calling you now. Are you OK to talk now? Because I thought it was tomorrow. So I thought, well, that's above and beyond for a... <laughs> Mm. So, consultant yeah, you know about that time it's just like wow and I I said to him of everything that had you know with that and that made no sense to me and he said that could be down to for cancer mm. um but he wanted me to have another MRI just to ensure that it's not got worse because yeah. obviously with the dementia and so on and so forth because he's I said that to him and he said it could be it, you know it can mean that in some context but obviously, until we've looked at this more with another MRI to compare for two, yeah. if it's still in a stable condition, then it's probably down to the cancer where it's shrunk. But when it looked at uh, when I had that second, it's a cerebellum that's pretty much shrunk, and he mm. said that in t- intakes with the memory intakes with mm. the uh, it can be with speech. I think he said you know and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, mm. it was. Like I've been doing a lot tonight, <laughs> this afternoon in this podcast, I've, you know, forgetting, go to speak about something and you totally forget it. Now, we all do that. I mean, I have definitely done that at least 10 times during this. So you are not alone in that one. You know, um, we, we do all do it. I mean, I've got worse as I've got older, I've got to admit. Um, but Jordan sometimes has got to the point that he's saying, like, he'll say something to a friend, for instance, on, you know, over the phone or whatever, and he might ask the same question four or five times and not realise he's done it. I do that too. And, of course, you know, you're not really sure where that comes from. You're not really sure whether what what it's to do with, whether it's to do with FND, not to do with FND. Um, just, I mean, with me, I know it's me getting older and probably I'll go and do these. We've had a bit of a laugh because when we said, like, with Jordan and I, um, they want us both to take part mm-hmm. in, in the research. And I said, they'll probably come back and say, Angela Stringer, like, you, you've got no brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, that would be a statement and a half, wouldn't it? <laughs> be like oh, the broken ribs yeah. all over again <laughs> oh we'll have to take you in but um <laughs> but the, the the thing is is like we all get these things where you're not like you were saying earlier you're not sure what's to do with what or what causes it yeah and it's not until you talk to other people you realize that a lot of other people that happens to anyway yeah. they're getting things and yeah. it's like building a jigsaw puzzle together isn't it with all these little ailments yes and it, then even though it turns it's from a jigsaw and then it all of a sudden from a jigsaw turns into like a picture that you're painting you know mm. And thinking, right, this is a complete set, <laughs> pretty much. See, that's, that's, it? that's, it's funny that you compare it to a jigsaw puzzle because I've often compared it to a jigsaw puzzle that I don't have the picture for. Some of the pieces are really small, some are really big. I'm also doing it underwater whilst upside down and juggling. Um, and you're like, I just don't know how it all fits together, but somehow it does. 
Mm. You've got to actually, which order it goes in. Yeah, actually, how you just explained that is very was very good because oh, thank you. you know that that is how mm. you feel, isn't it? Yeah, so we're very similar in a lot of ways, Lena. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I think it's just, I think when you have that different experience when you are the person going through it, like if my husband was sat in here and I asked him to try and describe it, he'd probably describe it very differently. Very differently. Oh my goodness, my tongue will not stay in my mouth. Differently (laughs) to the way that I've just described it. Because you have that lived experience. You're able to kind of understand it. Like I can understand how you must be feeling, Jordan, because I've also gone through it. And it's Mm. that sort of like... Actually, I get it. I get that you feel like you're doing a jigsaw puzzle, but it's changing constantly on you. And you've got no idea how many pieces you've got or what the picture is, or even if you've got it around the right way. Like, that's because that's how I feel. And I think having that sense of like, um, is it camaraderie? I mean, but the fact you've got, you find people who've got similar things really helps. It helps stop the jigsaw puzzle moving around so much. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And helps some of the pieces fit together. Mm. Yeah, completely. Um, so I just wanted to ask, as we kind of come to the end, um, if you were, and I'll give you both the chance to answer, uh, so I don't mind who goes first, if you were to give one bit of advice either to someone with FND or a parent of someone with FND, what would your be your best bit of advice be that maybe you weren't told or you wish you were told sooner? Mm. I'll let you go first, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you say from the patient's and I'll say from the parents. Oh, put me on the spot here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, I mean, you can always swap roles if you'd like. That's fine. I think, I think from a parent's point of view is uh, for the mum and dad mm. or mum or dad or whoever, whoever it is, yeah. is caring for that person is to continue to totally believe in them because there isn't enough known that there isn't enough understanding about this out there in the medical profession yeah i think that you know sometimes sometimes especially when it gets to like it has done with jordan um you think is this is this real? Is it, you know, what, you, you know, but you know yourself, you know your gut instincts, and if something's not right, persevere until that is found. Yeah. Whatever that is, from a parent's point of view, stick by that person mm-hmm. and, and help their voice be heard. Yeah. I think that's a really good bit of advice. Yeah. Um, Jordan, what about you? No pressure. But, you know, we're ending on this. If it could be great, that would be amazing. Yeah, I think, again, it's similar to what mum said and you said, Zena, but it is in that respect. You know your body more than anybody else. But Mm. I think it gets to the point that if you really feel that there's something, you've got got your voice, you've got your voice for a reason, Mm. area. You know, mm. if that you know, that's what the NHS they said even during COVID. We're here for you during the time. Whether whatever your feelings are about the NHS, you know, mm. you've got your voice and you've got your voice to know what's going on with your body. Yeah, 
So just open out, speak to someone. If you're not too sure who to talk to, find someone that you can really trust, whether that be your parents, whether that be your partner, whether that be your a friend even. Mm. It's that one person that can you can feel that you've got a real spe- like special bond and comradeship with. Mm. That can make all the difference because but talking about the condition is good. If you keep it inside, it's mm. going to make you feel worse. Yeah. So just keep talking about it. And if they really understand you as a person, they've known you for any amount of time, they'll really understand you and your concerns. Yeah. You know, if they don't understand, it's, I know it's cliche, but if they don't understand, you can question, do they really understand me for what I really need help with? Yeah. You know? And we do all need that help from time to time. So yeah, uh, just speak out openly. And don't be afraid to. Don't take no for an answer. Take... Believe in yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel very inspired now. I feel like I should go off and like climb the mountain or something. Like I can do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go do that, but I feel like I should. Um, just because I feel like yes, motivated and like, geared up for it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go sit very quietly and just calm down. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, guys. It's been lovely having you on. Um, and John, I wish you all the best of luck for um, your treatment starting next was it next week or this week. I've, I've forgotten already. It's next yeah, week, next it? week. Next and week. what I'm thinking of doing, Zena, is I'm hoping if I can in some way do a little like vlog about it. Yeah, so that would be amazing. Share it online, you know. Amazing. That would, I'm sure there'd be lots of people that would be um, really happy to see it and just see that journey that you're going on. So. I wish you the best of luck and I hope it goes really well for you. And I hope the research goes well as well. Um, And maybe we can catch up after you've had the treatment and see how you've been getting on. Yeah, that sounds a plan. And thank you for your time as well. It's been lovely talking to you as well. Yeah, it's been lovely chatting to you, Zena. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. So thanks very much for listening, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode and stay tuned for more things coming up soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.